What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. I uh, wanted to hop on here and, and talk a little bit about uh, the Hall of Fame and what's been going on here recently. So, as you probably know, uh, there's some massive news that happened for baseball the other day for the Hall of Fame in particular. Uh, three, this involved three big, big, big names in the sport, and uh, particularly. Uh, Two of them are much bigger than the other one, but uh, we we're talking about Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and David Ortiz. Now, uh, <laughs> this was uh, uh, quite the eventful uh, day uh, whenever we heard this, but um, uh, a lot of uh, fans were, were uh, waiting with bated breath to see if uh, Bonds and Clemens would... Uh, do what a lot of us kind of expected and would actually enter the Hall of Fame on their last uh, their last chance. Uh, or uh, if they'd be kicked out and that was it. And there's no more chances for them to, to reach the Hall. Uh, and people weren't waiting nearly as much when it comes to Dave Ortiz. He's a, he was a great player for sure, but uh, but, you know, Bonds and, and Clemens, no doubt, they were both, uh, you know, really kind of career, uh, like once in a lifetime uh, players, and so you know, of course, you could be uh, on the side of saying, well, that's just because they took steroids, or you could say, well, the entire league took steroids and they were just better at it. Uh, there's a whole lot of debate going on for that. So, and of course, that also trickles down into. Uh, baseball cards and uh, what that does to their cards in the market and others around them as well. I think we're going to see a few uh, interesting things that might possibly happen coming down the road because of this. So as you didn't, you know, if you didn't know, by the way, Bonds and Clemens did not make it into the Hall of Fame and that was is a, their last chance. Uh, David Ortiz did. Now this really shocked a lot of people because uh, you have uh, all three of them who probably uh, took steroids. Um, I don't think Bonds or Clemens ever uh, were caught red-handed, so to speak, uh, for them. But you know the the numbers, uh, you know, kind of tend to you know quite possibly speak for themselves. Possibly, um, certainly uh, with Bonds. <laughs> but uh, uh, then you have Ortiz, who actually did. He he was caught and was found guilty from what I recall. And, you know, somebody out there, please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong in this, but uh, I think that's how everything went down. And so the question was, was you've got three probably steroid users. Um, two of them were once in a lifetime players. The other one was, uh, you know, definitely put a Paul Fame worthy numbers. He had like, Ortiz had like 543 home runs or something like that. Like, uh, you know, and then he was, he was also, uh, instrumental uh, along with Manny Ramirez and you know their uh, world, you know some of their World Series titles and everything as well. So, uh, you know why on earth would uh, Ortiz be voted in, who knowingly you know was was caught, who's guilty of uh, doing steroids, uh, taking steroids, when Bonds and Clemens, uh, who weren't, but you know you assume that they were. Uh, 
were not and they have like astronomical numbers like it's insane um there's actually a meme that's been circulating around it's got barry bonds roger clemens and pete rose uh so you have the player that has the most cy young awards uh in roger clemens you have the player with the most home runs and mvps in barry bonds and the player with the most hits uh, all time in pete rose none of which are in the hall of fame and so uh, there's been a lot of uh, criticism that the Hall of Fame has taken, especially, uh, and, you know, of course, they, they have, uh, you know, they've had criticism uh, over the years for various things, but uh, probably no more blaring than this, glaring than this. Uh, and especially given the fact uh, of some of the folks that they let in, over the past uh, several years. And so the go-to person that a lot of guys like to point their finger at is Harold Baines. And, uh, you know, really good player, but you know, you, you gotta think like, huh, that's kind of strange. Like how would a player such as Harold Baines get into the same place as someone like Hank Aaron, uh, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, you know, some of these guys, boy, you know, it just doesn't seem to, doesn't really seem to make sense. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't really uh, keep up completely with uh, all the metrics that they use. And, you know, I know they've got all kinds of different uh, crazy statistics. I'm, I'm an old-fashioned guy who, uh, who looks at uh, home runs and hits and uh, strikeouts and ERA and, and wins and losses and that sort of thing. I know that wins and losses, of course, you know, you can't really... Uh, uh, rely upon because you could have a phenomenal pitcher with a uh, on a terrible hitting team and you know like uh, Felix Hernandez I think he uh, for the Mariners there was one time when you know he was uh, his ERA was around two or so but I think he had ended up finishing the year with like a 13 and 12 record or something like <laughs> they just were not producing runs for him uh, and so uh when it comes to home runs and hits, I think it's pretty cut and dry. You, know, you uh, I think if you, uh, if you hit up over 500 uh, home runs or over 3,000 hits, uh, you know, the way that I've always seen it is like, that's kind of the criteria to get in. Now, of course, there's a lot of players in there uh, that have not hit either criteria, but there's a lot of different things to go in, into it, of course. You know, the uh, contribution to uh, through the postseason, um, you know, their uh, defensive prowess. There's all kinds of other uh, metrics that you can certainly use, but uh, <laughs> but man, there's just some guys that uh, I just cannot see, uh, you know, that are that are uh, why they would be in the hall. And so I think what they said for next year, there's like another batch of of guys that's being led by like Carlos Beltran. Uh, he is far and away the best player of the entire crop I'm thinking man this is incredible like this is this is wildly different and so uh, I looked at Beltran's uh, uh, stats and he had uh, like I think 423 home runs and I think somewhere around there and then like 2700 hits so he didn't hit the 500 home run mark he didn't hit the 3000 hit mark and yet people are saying you know he's probably gonna make it and Everybody else that's uh, that's on the list, uh, you know, they're just uh, like R.A. Dickey, 
uh, was one of them. Um, and of course, you know, certainly he had a dominant uh, couple years, I think, but really, you know, that's, I think about it and I'm trying to think of who else, uh, oh, there's a, there's just a, a bunch of players where you would never really look at and go, wow, this guy had a phenomenal career. You know, there's certainly a bunch of guys that had good careers. You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting what they've done. But when we're talking about like Hall of Fame caliber, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I think that's changed uh, quite a bit. So, you know, let's kind of jump tracks over to uh, what this has to do with baseball cards. And uh, I think, again, one of the, uh, you know, most recent uh, uh, examples we can draw from is Harold Baines. So for uh, his uh, rookie card, uh, his most prominent rookie card is a one tops trade, I think. And I don't have any numbers in front of me, um, but uh, I do know that for the longest time before there was any Hall of Fame talk, it was a nothing card. There was just, you know, you know, nobody really cared too terribly much of a Harold Baines rookie card. But once he got the hall, got into the hall, and probably before that, like speculation or anything, uh, his cards shot up. So why is that? You know, so you got to kind of peel this back a little bit and find out why, like what on earth is causing this? Well, a lot of this is because there are a tremendous amount of collectors out there who collect Hall of Fame cards, um, uh, cards of Hall of Famers, rookies of Hall of Famers, maybe even PSA graded or SGC graded or whatever. Um, and because they're part of this uh, officially recognized club, elite club, now all of a sudden people want to collect those cards, those price go up. And uh, that happens a lot of times. I, I don't know if that happened with Jeter, and I think the speculation was, uh, <laughs> was uh, spread out pretty well about a year or so before uh, he, he was even elected, you know, so that's kind of a, a different deal. But somebody with, like Harold Beans, that was, that was definitely a night and day difference, um, for sure, if I recall correctly. Um, but we might see a shift here. We might see a little bit of a change. Uh, I think that it's quite possible, and don't get me wrong, like the, one of the most fun things to read through online is uh, the debate of should Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire, those guys be in the hall or not. You know, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmero, um, you know, should they be in the hall or should they not be in the hall? And uh, there are some people, I don't think there's too many people out there that are like, uh, complacent about it, <laughs> they're apathetic about the uh, one way or the other. You're either like really for them to be in the hall, or you're really against them to be in the hall. And I can see both sides. Uh, personally, for me, uh, I think they belong in. Not that I think it's okay to uh, cheat, uh, but I do believe that uh, Major League Baseball looked the other way and they allowed this to happen. Um, and I also think that the vast majority of people uh, in baseball were taking steroids also. So in other words, when Barry Bonds came up to bat, I don't think he was going up against these weak pitchers that were not uh, juiced. I think that they were juiced also, but he was just that much better. Um, could I be wrong? Yeah, of course. But that's just kind of like my, my thinking on it. I think that uh, Canseco actually said this in his book that he thinks that like 70 to 80 percent or something like that of the league was juiced and so by contrast if you had bonds that was not juicing 
uh, and uh, or Clemens that was not, and they were going up against guys that were. Uh, you know that that kind of flips the script a little bit, doesn't it? You know, it's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting to think to think about it that way. Uh, now, if you disagree, I you know I'm okay with that. I'm cool with that. I understand. I get it, and and I also understand and realize that there's probably several different angles that I'm not thinking about, and I also have not really kind of researched or looked into all that much. But just from where I sit, that's kind of where what I'm thinking. But in any event, it makes for some great conversation. I love it. Um, and, you know, of course, you go down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, if it weren't for these juice guys, then, uh, you know, baseball wouldn't be what it is today or whatever and all that, you know, like because of the views and everything. And I don't really, I'm not, I'm not sure if I buy that. I'm not sure if I don't buy that. But there's just a, a ton, like a boatload of, different avenues that you can go uh, when it comes to uh, you know talking about this so going back to baseball cards again uh, does the Hall of Fame lose credibility and therefore lose uh, collectors that are hot and heavy for Hall of Fame uh, material to collect uh, because Bonds and Clemens are were not let in it's really, really difficult to uh, to look at this, it, for me personally, to look at the Hall of Fame and go, man, the the guy with the most Cy Youngs, the guy with the most home runs, the guy with the most hits, none of these guys are in, in the Hall of Fame. And yet there's a lot of guys that, in my view, look like they're a little better than mediocre uh, are in. So it's not just that the best of the best you know, roided up or not, are not included. It's that those that are fairly above mediocre are included as well. And, uh, you know, it, it almost begs the question, do we need to have, like, an unofficial Hall of Fame of some sort, you know? Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of my, my thinking off, off the top of my head because, uh, you know, some of these just don't make sense. And uh, in the past, you've always heard over the decades that, you know, perhaps some of these uh, players were uh, uh, voted in, not just recently, but, you know, the, in the past because they had good connections with uh, some of these voters. Now, I think that kind of plays into why Bonds and Clemens uh, didn't make it and Ortiz did. Bonds and Clemens were notorious for uh, not playing nicely with the media. Um, Poppy was. He was very much so uh, a guy that, uh, you know, that was uh, outgoing and he loved talking to the media and everything. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, kind of like even, even in Boston, a hometown hero uh, uh, in, in some respects. And, and so it's kind of uh, uh, interesting to think of it this way where you go, huh, maybe, just maybe that's, that was the determining factor. If uh, Bonds and if uh, Clemens were nicer, would they have made it in? Maybe, you know, like what about, uh, what about McGuire? I don't, I don't know if he ever, like he might not have, uh, he might not be eligible for the, you know, to be on the ballot again. I don't, I don't recall. Uh, I guess he probably would have been on this ballot if, if that were the case, but, uh, <laughs> 
But if not, that would have been an interesting story also because you had McGuire who uh, was really kind of like the, and I'm sorry about the train in the background, guys. Uh, <laughs> it's very loud. Um, he was a media darling during the 98 uh, home run chase. Like everybody, everybody loved him. He was the, the American hero and everything. Uh, and you know, same with Sosa. You know, Sosa, everybody loved him too. So it, it was kind of an interesting, uh, that kind of puts an interesting twist on things. But in any event, we have a whole crop of people, of players that were just superstar level that, you know, uh, are probably never gonna see the Hall of Fame, which is really kind of shame a shame in my mind uh, but again I mean if you're not in that uh, in that crowd I get it I understand completely uh, and so this is a big one for you you know there's a, there are people that are posting memes online uh, you know how how baseball fans uh, are gonna sleep tonight knowing that Bonds and Clemens will never make it in it's just like somebody just snuggled in their bed with a big smile on their face you know <laughs> so this is a this is a pretty uh, significant thing for uh, all baseball fans. I get it completely. Uh, but guess what? Uh, just because these players are not in the Hall of Fame does not mean that their cards are not worth anything. There are rabid collectors of these guys. Uh, Barry Bonds in particular. Like, there are some cards of his. Uh, I'm, I'm looking in the, in the 90s, inserts and parallels. Uh, that go for thousands and thousands of dollars uh, because in spite of the fact that he's not part of uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, there are these uh, visions that are stuck in our heads forever of this player who was larger than life when he was playing. A man that was so feared that when he stepped up to the plate with the bases loaded, the pitchers would intentionally walk him because they were terrified of him going yard and driving in four to win the game for the Giants. You can't erase that. No matter what, you cannot erase that at all. Uh, that was uh, the ultimate. And that's kind of what uh, I think a lot of us baseball fans like to see is that kind of that dominance. And, uh, you know, of course, you ask again, at what cost and how did he do it and that sort of thing. But as a fan, as a spectator, to be able to see something like that, uh, I mean, just insane. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw something on Barry Bonds about like the uh, number of intentional walks, like the leaders for all time in baseball history. And I think out of the top 25 or top 10, top 15, something like that, the, 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 uh, two all the way down to whatever the number was. Um, the highest was like 15 intentional based on balls. Uh, Barry Bonds was intentionally walked like over 80 times. <laughs> Just absolutely insanity. Uh, and so, you know, and then of course you have guys again like Roger Clemens who was uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal pitcher. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was. I think one of the games he pitched, uh, he struck out 20 in one game or something like that. I mean, just just pure dominance. And, uh, you know, so yeah, regardless of steroids, regardless of if they're in a the hall or not, that's what re we remember. We remember 
uh, and they're imprinted in our minds forever. The most dominant performances ever in baseball history, that's that. And it's not just uh, things like that. It's like Bo Jackson running up the wall. Uh, it's Kevin Mitchell uh, catching a, a baseball over his shoulder with his bare hand. Uh, you know, it's, it's things like these that uh, stick out to us as fans. And uh, it's what makes baseball fun. You know, it's, uh, we all look for, for little bursts of uh, uh, superheroism. And uh, that's what those guys gave us for a while, you know. But, uh, and maybe to some that means that they're a supervillain. <laughs> I, 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 I get it. I understand completely. So those are my thoughts. Um, feel free to agree or disagree. Um, I know plenty will be on both sides of the fence, and that's very okay. That's quite all right. That's uh, kind of what makes this whole thing fun. So anyways, thank you as always for listening. I hope you all have a great rest of the day ahead.